Hi, my name's Alfred, and uh, thanks for uh, having us for VBS Sunday. Uh, I know it's a little bit different and a little bit unusual, but um, it's part of community life. Um, I'm going to go over the uh, Bible uh, points that we learned uh, during VBS this past week. And uh, I'm going to have a little demonstration crew to help, help me go over these points, so if the demonstration crew can uh, come up to the front and sit up front here. Um, one, uh, are, we have five Bible points, so we have one point a day. And to emphasize the Bible point, we have a certain, I guess, a certain action, a certain phrase. Come on up and sit down up here, everyone. Uh, we have a certain uh, phrase that we, uh, we do, and um, this year it's hold on. There's a little action. You could do it with me. So what you do is you, uh, you kind of hold like this, and you say, hold on. So let's practice together. When I say a Bible point, you say, hold on. All right. So that was just a practice round because I could tell you're not really good at it. All right. Ready? One, two, three. Hold on. Oh, you're just fabulous. You're just fabulous. All right. So. Uh, welcome, crew. The first thing I want you to do is throw away your garbage over here. So make sure uh, the organics end up in the organics and the plastics. Don't don't throw the don't throw the plastics in the organics. Okay, that's really important to recycle properly. We really focused on recycling a lot this year. <laughs> All right. Um, well, uh, today I want uh, today it's day one. I want to tell you about Elijah. And Elijah um, was living in a time where God had a certain certain prophecy this is what what god said god said that um uh the lord uh god of israel lives whom i serve this is elijah speaking there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word so oh we're all we're all hot we're all starving we're all hungry do you feel the same way everyone you don't look like it (laughs) they're hot you're starving but you know what happened you know what happened um there are ravens. Look, there are ravens. What are, what are the ravens bringing us? Can you see? Doritos? Yeah, they're bringing us. Mm, let's get this food. Let's get the food from the ravens. Get the food from the ravens. Yeah, and let's eat this food. Mm. Are you thirsty? Oh, wait, look, there's a brook over there. Everyone come over this brook and have a drink from the brook. Does that feel good? Do you know what? Do you know what I want to let you know? God has the power to provide. Hold on. And so um, we, on day one, we learned about Elijah and the ravens and how God provides. One of the things that struck me about this particular day is that uh, we also have a key verse, kind of like a memory verse. And it's from um, 2 Corinthians. And it says, and God will generously provide all you need. And, and I like the uh, entire idea of God providing what we need as opposed to what we want. Uh, lately, I've been reading books about minimizing things that we have. And I've been this mentality of like just like getting rid of stuff. You know, God is a great provider. But sometimes, uh, as David Platt says, you know, well, I'll never stand in heaven and say, you know, I wish I kept more for myself. And um, sometimes we have this hoarding mentality where we want to just, like, keep stuff all the time. And it's like, I'm, you know, there's that book on my shelf that I haven't touched in three years. Or do I really need to go to the new outlet mall by the airport and buy – do I really need that extra shirt or T-shirt? How many T-shirts does one human being possibly can wear? I have, like, ten VBS shirts. 
I don't need another T-shirt in my life. And so <laughs> sometimes you just got to think, uh, do I really just need to get rid of stuff and just trust in God's provision, that exercise equipment that you never use, that do we really need five iPads? And maybe somebody else out there can enjoy it instead of us. Or maybe you can uh, sell it and then use the money to, to somebody else who could, could use it for something they truly, truly need. So that's perhaps a challenge for all of us that um, God will provide all we need. And sometimes we're just reaching for things that we want. And so I'd really encourage you to say, get rid of stuff. Get rid of stuff. Go through your home today and say, I haven't touched that thing in over a year. Let's just get rid of it. And that would be really, really good. All right. The next day, um, so the next day, Elijah uh, had had some conflicts. He, He was going up against Ahab and Jezebel, and they were really, really, really mean. And um, they had this big contest, and uh, Elijah won. Uh, But after Elijah won, Jezebel said, I'm going to get you. And so Elijah was really, really scared, and he ran and ran and ran. He ran away, and he was really depressed, mental illness. Like, he was really, really sad. And um, when he was really, really sad, um, he he was hiding out, and a bunch of things happened, all right? So the first thing that happened, there was a big wind. Imagine a big wind. But God was not in the wind. Then there was an earthquake. Imagine there was a big earthquake. Yeah, duck, hide, cover. Yeah, good. We practice this. And then we go to the park afterwards. Your children will be at the park. No, okay, but God was not there. Then there was a fire. Ah. <laughs> Pull the fire but God was not in the fire. But you know where God was? God was in a whisper. God came and spoke to Elijah in a whisper. And, my, and, and, that, and, he, and God talked to Elijah. And you can read the Bible's passage, but God um, spoke. But, but the Bible point here is that God has the power to comfort. Hold on. And I was thinking about this, um, this idea of wind and fire and earthquakes and, and, and how God comforts. And PBS uh, is a great example where it feels like there are a lot of shiny bells and whistles sometimes. And, and there are lots of loud noises and people talking. And, and sometimes churches like that, too, when we go into the basement and there are people all over the place and there are circles and so on. But sometimes I find that God speaks in those whispers when you're just like, how many times have you like been walking to Moberly and you have a conversation that's just filled with God? Or, or just those quiet moments when, you, when you're just kind of sitting, watching all the action, and then God speaks to you in those moments. And sometimes I think that's what we need to do. Look for these moments where God can provide comfort amid all the clatter and amid all the din that God can provide that comfort for us and to, to be able to step away once in a while and just focus on that quiet voice of God, to be able to say, you know what, it's time to shut off the television. It's time to get some babysitters for the kids or, and just be by myself for a bit and have that time for thoughts. Reflection and uh, the power of that reflection is so important in our lives. All right, day three. So now we're with a different person. It's not Elijah. It's Elisha. Can you say Elisha? Very good. Shah, different person now. So Elisha, um, 
there was a person, a very important general, and his name was Naaman. And Naaman had leprosy, which is a big skin disease. Can you imagine a big skin disease around you? Okay. And then Naaman, Naaman was told, Naaman was told he had to go see Elisha to, to you know, get a cure. So Naaman went there, and Naaman said, I'm here, but Elisha wouldn't even see him. So he was mad. Can you, okay, stand up. And he was like, can you be angry? Can you get angry? I'm angry. Give me your best angry look. Oh, you're... All of you are so cheerful, you just can't be angry. Okay, give me your best angry look. All right, so Naaman, uh, Naaman was told, you have to go wash in the Jordan River seven times. That made him even more angry. Can you get angry? Okay. <laughs> and uh, that made him really angry because it was like, you know, uh, being told, oh, go wash in the puddle. And we're like, whoa, there's the Fraser River there. Why, why do I have to go wash in that? Puddle. That doesn't make any sense to me. So he was really angry, but he did it. So all of you, go wash and dip yourself seven times in the Jordan River over there. All right. Have you finished dipping yourself seven times? And come over and uh, now look at your skin. Look what happened. It's gone. Wow. Praise God. All right. Have a seat. Because uh, on day three, uh, we know that we learned that God has the power to heal. Hold on. This, you know, this was really, really a difficult, um, difficult, uh, from my perspective, a very difficult uh, Bible point. God has the power to heal. Because we all know people, and perhaps you yourself gone through this, who, who've gone sick. And, and made me think about how does God heal? Who does God heal? It, when I think about the Bible passage, Naaman wasn't the only one with leprosy. I'm sure there are many, many people in his, his time who had leprosy that never got healed by God. And, um, he, you know, this healing, and, and there's also emotional healing, right? People who are, who are damaged all their, all their lives. It's hard. I don't have a straightforward answer. I know that Naaman later on took a bunch of soil, brought it back to his land, and said, I'm going to build an altar for God. Back his land, so maybe there was there was, pa- there was like uh, a reason that Naaman got healed, and he was building altar in his land to, and then he brought essentially God to his land over false gods. But what about us today? You know, a lot of trust is just knowing that God has the power to heal, giving that trust to God, and, and yeah, yeah, holding on. That's so apt of holding on to that promise that I don't know how God heals, I don't know who God heals, but holding on to that promise that God has the power gives us that, gives that hope, and that's so important. Okay, day four. Day four, so we're going to talk about Jesus now. Jesus, all right? And uh, Jesus had a disciple and that disciple's name was Peter. Peter. Okay, so um, Peter said something very um, uh, daring to Jesus. Do, what, do you know what Peter said? All right, Peter said, God, I'm never going to leave you. I'll never deny you. Can you stand up and say that with, with a big promise? God, I'll, I'll never leave you. I'll never deny you. 
Wow, you look the same as you do when you're angry. <laughs> okay, that's okay. We're not going to be actors in a movie anytime soon. <laughs> no inside out for you. Um, so, but do you know what happened afterwards? Peter denied Jesus. He denied Jesus three times. So, what, what would you say to Peter afterwards? Shame on you, maybe. Okay, I told you so. What else would you say to Peter? Uh, traitor. Traitor. What would you say to Peter? I'm disappointed. What would you say to Peter? You lied. You lied? Yeah. Yeah, that's a not... You know, think about when you've been betrayed in your life, what you would say to the person who betrayed you. You would say all these things. And what would you... Yeah, what would you say to someone who's betrayed you or backstabbed you or in teenage parlance, ratted you out, right? What would you say? Would you say? You'd, you'd be pretty upset. Well, on this day, we learned that God has the power to forgive. And, um, you know, I was thinking about those, that moment with Peter, and I was thinking that it was a crushing, it was a crushing, crushing, crushing moment for Peter, that, that moment. And you can read later when uh, Jesus confronts Peter what he actually said. But it was a really, really crushing, crushing, crushing moment. And, um, but God has that power to forgive. And we read about how when Jesus was dying on a cross, there was a criminal on one side who, who trusted him. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. But God has the power to forgive. Hold on. And my question for you then is, do you realize and recognize God's forgiveness? Do you you think about what's happened in your life and say, I need Jesus' forgiveness? What's all this Lord's Supper business about? This is about Jesus' forgiveness, right? We do it every month here. Some churches do it every week to remind us what it's all about. God, that, that... trusting in Jesus. So if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, if you've never trusted Jesus um, for, uh, to forgive you, I encourage you to, to do it. And, um, you know, you can come and, and talk to Josiah, who can tell you all about it, um, about Jesus as your Savior. It's a very, very powerful thing. All right, day five, day five. Well, on day five, we're going to talk about heaven Okay, what do you think is heaven is like? Cupcakes. Yeah, what do you think heaven's like? First time I've ever seen Evan speechless. What do you think? Uh, what do you think? What do you think heaven's like? Uh, clouds. What do you think heaven's like? Uh. Uh. What do you think heaven's like? Um, happy. Happy. All right. One. Uh, lie down and snuggle up and get really, really comfortable. Everyone lie down, snuggle up. Yeah, just like close your eyes. Some of you might do this during sermon time anyway. <laughs> okay, do you feel comfortable? Yeah? Does that, good, yeah. All right. So, um, if heaven's going to be better than this. Heaven's going to be better than this. And uh, you have to realize that God has the power to love us forever. That's oh, oh. And that's our next Bible point. Um, 
Now let's think about this situation, because we're looking at John chapter uh, 14. And at that moment, the disciples, you know, they thought that Jesus was there to overthrow the Roman government. They thought, okay, this is it. We're going to overthrow the Roman. He's going to lead us to overthrowing the Roman government. He's going to defeat evil. We're going to... We're going to finally get rid of all this oppression. That's what we're actually going to do. But what happened instead was Jesus started talking about, he started talking about, I'm going to leave you. And they were panicked. They're like, wait a minute. Weren't you the one who was supposed to be the savior in terms of leading us over the Roman government? Weren't you the one who was supposed to overthrow us? And he said, I'm going to be leaving you soon. It was really, really hard for the uh, disciples to take. Um, but he, he, left, he said this encouragement. He said, in my father's house, there are many rooms. And this hope that you have in heaven, that whatever evil, whatever waves are coming over, over you, that there's a greater hope for you. That you might think that Jesus is going one, uh, you might think life is going one way, and then Jesus says something else. And you're totally, like, unsure. And that's the the beautiful thing of this hope that we have. This encouragement that we have. I'm thinking about the Praise 106.5 jingle. Hope, uh, despair, no, we have hope. Um, You know, God has the power to love us forever. Hold on. Hold on to that promise, because that's what hope is all about. I was thinking about VBS and and about the week, and a lot of images um, come to my mind. Uh, what images come to my mind uh, that have been burned onto my mind about about the VBS week? I think about the um, elderly Indo-Canadian ladies who are just sitting out here in the parking lot on Friday, and our red-shirted volunteers, you know, going over and saying hello to them. Um, I think about passing poles, a long line of people taking down these tent poles, passing them across two backyards and storing them. You know, here I am. Ron Huey, who I've never, who I don't talk to very often, suddenly I'm passing a pole over a fence to him. It's just very mind-blowingly weird. You know, I think about uh, people like uh, Michaela A. or Tana, these, these, these like grade grade nine kids holding little kids in their hands with motherly love and determination, like you come with me. That's kind of that's kind of neat. I, I, I think about uh, um, people like uh, you know Charlotte, who you know her hey hey and her jumping and twirling and clapping and and the energy that's that's just washing over us. Or or Jeremy and Silas up here and uh, putting on some some great acting shows. Uh, I think about um, the, uh, the the kids who go to Catholic school telling me about mass and and about some you know oh my priest is so boring yeah that kind of stuff. I think about um, uh, Caleb who just diligently cleans up and cleans up and cleans up after us without complaint. Um, you know I, I think about Josiah delivering an altar call or or about Willis uh, mentoring the worship team and. You know, all these images flow through mind, and I encourage you, you know, here's your homework when you go downstairs and have the big BN downstairs, is, is to ask stories. You know, ask anyone in one of these shirts what, what images flow through your mind, what images go through you. 
and you in the shirts, you tell your images, uh, share your images, your stories. You know, I'm just, I'm just looking over here, and I'm looking at uh, Eunice and thinking about Eunice, Haley. Um, the reason why uh, Bernice or Philman are even here is because Eunice and Haley were wearing a VBS shirt during PE class. And you go and ask them about uh, how that entire story came about. But um, ask them their stories. And all these images, what do they mean? What, what, what do all these images of people, people mean? And I think about it as this big community that interacts with a wider community that recognizes, you know what, there is a Sikh temple down there. and We can't just ignore, pretend it doesn't exist. There are kids who go to Catholic school. We can't pretend that they don't exist either. And, and interacting with the, but at the same time, the community that, that, that's welcoming, that's saying, hey, it's okay, let's talk. Let, let's uh, interact with each other. It's a community that centers itself around God that talks about provision and comfort and healing and forgiving and loving us together. A community that, that's welcoming kids to Sunday service. And you know what? It's okay if we make a little noise. That's all right. A community that, that prays together and, and talks together and passes polls to one another. And somewhere among all this, I realized I was at church. And that, that entire week was really just church. And... Um, it's a beautiful community. It's chaotic. It's messy. All sorts of things happen. Water balloons get thrown. People get angry. But it's community. It's a Christian community, and it's us. And I invite you to be part of that community, to, to, to be involved in some way, and you'll never know who you meet. You know, there are times for solemnness with communities like this. And there are times for celebration and singing and dancing, just like David danced in front of God when he came in. And so today, I'm going to encourage us to go to the celebration part. Worship team, come on up here. Let's celebrate. We're going to sing, There is no one like our God. And when you have these, these week-long VBS-type experiences, you just want to say, you know what, there is no one like you, because it was quite the experience. It's quite the community. And it was church. <laughs>